Howdy folks, this is The Good Speaking. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok. Enjoy the gold. Oh my god, this is happening. We're really doing it. Here we are. This is happening. This is, happening. This is your moment, Taryn. How many hours uh, are happening. you supposed to call your doctor after you've had an erection? <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know the number, but <laughs> what what uh, what hour are you at? I don't know. Uh, don't worry. We got time. Hello, everyone, and welcome <laughs> back to the Good, the Bad, and the Boys podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Taryn. I'm Isaac. And uh, we are talking about a long-awaited thing that my friend here absolutely long, adores. Yeah, long-awaited by very being. by one person. <laughs> one person has been awaiting to do this, <laughs> and it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I hate this game, but Taryn loves it. I love to hate it, or, or no, I don't know. It's a bittersweet. Bitter, That's what I should a say. A love-hate it's relationship. It's a bittersweet game. Isaac's it's a love-hate relationship. You feel about this, was this a very game satisfying run the way I feel about destiny, but it was very hard. <laughs> yes, I, I think so. Hate I, it, I, love I it, greatly describe it. You just despise yes. it, and you keep coming back. I keep coming back. It's yeah. like a it's like a toxic relationship, and you know what they say about those very toxic. Where the best sex is. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and today <laughs> we're talking about none other, <laughs> and boy, does it fuck you good. <laughs> Okay, I guess we're a minute and a half in. I've just been all right. <laughs> uh, so what are, what are we talking about today, Isaac? <laughs> we are talking about Dark Souls. Dark fucking Souls, baby. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Woo! Oh man, we're doing it. Yes, this is where I I hate myself. I acquire as I've downloaded my entire personality back in sophomore year of high school from this game. <laughs> Both was, my I remember the first time we played this game. I remember that night. It had to be CJ's birthday, I think. It was. It was at a yeah. friend's birthday party. We were like fourteen yep. or something. Fifteen. Uh yep. And yeah, there was this new it was it Landon that introduced? It was someone brought over this game to like, oh, you guys gotta try. We gotta try this. It's like the hardest game. Yeah, check out ever. this game. It's hard. It sucks. <laughs> we played it. It was hard. It did suck. We we're like, eh. It was, did. What was it? We and then we became yeah, obsessed. Yeah, we couldn't with it. get past the asylum demon. Couldn't get past. We, I think we, it was the first or second boss. <laughs> <laughs> but finally, someone figured that out. Someone later got on it in the night, and then yeah, we got to like the undead bird or something. We were finally out. I think we, that's as far as we got. We finally beat the tutorial boss, and then we spent the remainder of the night just kind of wandering around the world because there's no map, there's no quest markers, there is no cryptic spooky dialogue and that is all you have and you know some weird ass cutscene to start the game that is all you go off of some descriptions and item descriptions and otherwise you are just thrown into this horrifying dark spooky fantasy world and everything wants to kill you and they're much better at killing you than you are at killing them it's a very labyrinthine world yes all these landmarks just smushed together. Yep. It's, a, it's a it's a nightmare world, and that's exactly truly hellacious. How it is. I love it. Oh my god. You just wander around, <laughs> you get lost, you get shit on by everything, you read really weird, obscure lore that's tacked onto an item of like a pair of binoculars or like a shitty sword or something. 
and it just <laughs> yeah. gets deeper. It and just deeper. it keeps beating you down every single time yes. you encounter an enemy. Uh. You just keep getting shit on. Uh. And I fucking hate it. I love it. Oh, Dark Souls. So, developed Souls by Masochist over here. From Software, published by Bandai Namco Games, directed by Hidetaka Miyazaki, fetishized by yours truly. Dark Souls is a story <laughs> about a dying world, a world in a twilight era of, of light, and you play as an undead, a person cursed to keep coming back to life every time you die. But every time you do, you slowly use your humanity until you go hollow. So you must stay motivated. Yes, and that's exactly, that's the entire gameplay, right? That there. is. It, it's just going to fucking make you hollow as much as you possibly can. The gameplay is so can. immersive <laughs> that when you, you care, you it's can just get keep so shit on. you resurrect that the and die <laughs> over and over and over and over again. <laughs> the player themselves goes hollow as they play it. And eventually they just give up. <laughs> this game has. I've, I've given up many times. I've given up for years, actually, on the yes. first game. It's been very, it's a very tough challenge for me. Very, very long sabbatical from Dark Souls. <laughs> yes, but you know what? Last year, I can say that I've finally completed from, I've bookended my Dark Souls experience. Start well, to finish. I haven't completely bookended it, but still have to finish Dark Souls 2. A little bit, all yeah. All the way through a for bit realsies. Of Dark Souls 2. But yes, but the first game, I was thoroughly uh, satisfied with all my years of being hollow. Finally <laughs> beat it last year. Humanity restored. It's quarantine. What else could I do? Humanity has been restored. Nothing else to do. Exactly. Yes. Uh, so yes, you play as an undead person seeking answers as to your fate. Will you go hollow? Will you reignite the light that the gods set forth upon the land? Or will you let it fade into darkness and rule over that? The options are open because you have no idea what any of these endings mean because this is confusing and Japanese as fuck. Nobody knows what's going on. Yep. Part of the beauty I of it. Have no clue. <laughs> Still to this day. I'm like, what? <laughs> yes, I took every facet of my modern day personality from this game, from my my relentless pursuit of lore to my masochistic fetishes. It all came. It all started here. As did I. Wow. Yep. So, Dark Souls came out in 2012 <laughs> to uh, critical acclaim all around. Uh, Japanese game released in uh, in the West, in the United States, uh, October. 2012, I believe, on Xbox One? Or no, August. August 2012. 2012. This is like... Oh, wow. I think it this, was that year. It was that year. 2012 was one of the best years is of gaming. Is that when we played it? I'm not sure. I think or we... did we play it the year after we played it, I think, 2014? I think 2013, 2014 is when we discovered it, because we had started playing it oh. around when Dark Souls 2 was coming out in 2014. Yeah, I remember it was like around junior year for me or senior year. I remember I we played it. Yeah, I think it was like and 2013. we were like, what is this? We're just freshmen in high school. It was hard. It was scary. We were used to just playing Minecraft. We we're like, ugh, Dark Souls, <laughs> that was spooky. And then our friend Charles bought the Dark Souls 2 collector's edition for like $120 and it had a statue that came with it. And, and from there, it just rabbit holed. <laughs> I think I think he beat Dark Souls 2 first. This is your... Oh, awakening. The awakening, yeah. <laughs> this, was this was my sexual awakening, was Dark Souls. <laughs> and <laughs> let's go into why. So your your dark what let's would you say it. is the most standout experience that you can get in Dark Souls and not anywhere else? I think it is the satisfying feeling you get after the just relentless hell 
of like the boss fights and once you see across the screen that the boss has been defeated that is the moment of pure joy and and the best part about it i'm like oh the pain is Ecstasy. over time to get to that get to that bonfire <laughs> quick yes uh i don't want to do this boss fight again but yeah so yeah it is it is pure ecstasy it's a it's a great mm. feeling it's a great reward and you just you feel better about yourself. You feel like <laughs> if I've defeated this boss, I can defeat anything. And then it just keeps progressively getting worse. But you you still you you get a lot of sense of pride for this game. And I I, I had it too late, uh, unfortunately. I finally I'm finally prideful. You know, last year and this year for my Dark Souls journey. But it took took me a while. It's kind of setting in the squalor of being hollow and not being able to finish these games without help. <laughs> You beat Dark Souls 1 all by yourself, right? All by your lonesome. All by myself, yeah, because the servers don't work anymore. Yes, because they came out with a shitty remaster two years ago and killed the Dark Souls 1 servers. (laughs) So if you wanted to play Mm -hmm. online, you had to spend $50 on the remaster that changed nothing, which we didn't do. (laughs) So Isaac played Dark Souls 1. He played it all by himself. Beat it all by his lonesome. At that same time, I was playing through on level 1. And we were both level we were both having a great time. <laughs> this man is, is is crazy about this game that he he literally doesn't upgrade anything and just goes through soul level one. He he really hates himself that much. It's pure masochistic joy it brings me. Whenever my fiance <laughs> refuses to choke me, I go and turn on Dark Souls. Hope wow. uh, hope she doesn't hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm sure she can confirm. Yes. FromSoft has been around for a while, and they, in their games, like to emulate, they like to harken back to the the classic era of gaming, the old Super Mario era, the old old Sonics, the old old games where, you know, there was no saving, and if you died, you were fucked. (laughs) Welcome to going back to the start of the level. There ain't no pussy-ass checkpoints. There ain't no no auto-healing. You gotta use your own heal items. And you you better bet those mm-hmm. aren't uh, those aren't unlimited. You get a finite number of those in an area. Tell you the tell you what yeah. punishing combat, confusing, very punishing labyrinthian level design, and a dark yes. atmosphere to boot. It makes it the perfect gaming experience. Pure immersion. No maps. I no quest markers. I am always depressed when I play Dark Souls. Just the atmosphere itself. <laughs> You're just so. St- depressing it is, dark gritty it is a faded this beauty world sucks <laughs> we see a world it's very jaded in yeah. in its twilight era within the law the gods of this land <laughs> this used to be a gray land pure purely unchanging i'm just gonna sit back and let him and with fire came disparity something called the first flame appeared with fire came disparity light and dark heat and cold, life and death. These things did not exist prior to this. Only immortal stone dragons. And with fire came the gods. And the gods are beings of light. I'm not sure why, but yes. Yeah, it's, you know, confusing-ass Japanese storyline. It's you know, Everything's weird. Nothing makes sense. And so yet, I guess neutrality equals dragons. Ne- yes, dragons are neutral. Be. The color gray is neutral. And and uh, fire, fire fades. You know, the fire, this roaring flame, it brought things. You know, there is no... There, there was no darkness because there was no light, so there was, there's no concept of either. There was no heat, there was no cold, there was no life, there was no death. These dragons were neither alive nor dead, they were just there. And so when this first flame appeared and brought forth all of these, these uh, 
these dualist concepts. Uh, it brought duality into the world. It brought pleasure and pain, you know, um, glory and strife, <laughs> as did these gods. There were three. Nice uh, use of words there. Thank you. Definitely don't have a thesaurus up right now. Uh, there oh. were three gods of light and one of dark. There was a god, of, you know, gods born from the flame. There was Gwyn, the lord of light. There was the witch of Isolith, the, the lord of oh, life. Yes. And there was Nito, the lord of death. So we have life and death. And then with Gwyn, we have light. And since fire produces light, it also produces dark. And so we have the furtive pygmy, the being of darkness. The dark soul. From the lord of light came gods. From the lord of death came, I don't know, skeletons. From from the lord of life came <laughs> came demons and, and life. Horrible catacomb area. <laughs> horrific. But yes, hate that level. And, hate that area, And from the furtive pygmy came the darkness. And humanity is seen as they are, they are the dark entities. They are born from this pygmy, this being of dark, who fractured their soul and created humanity. And that's what humans are. Uh, so humans being beings of dark are, are linked to fire by the Lord of Light. So that this this is uh okay, I'm getting the into the, I'm, I'm getting into all. the lore here. But the gods <laughs> basically cursed the humans to be like beholden to them and their error of light. And when we see the game starting, fire fades and this era of light is ending. And so all the humans that are bound to it end up sort of cursed in this twilight era. Not, they can't live, but they also can't die. Whenever they die, they come back to life, but they lose themselves more and more until they are sort of a hollow husk of themselves. They are, you know, they, they now lack that disparity of life and death. And so you as the player are sort of thrust into this world, this, this golden age of light in its, uh, in its last dying breath. And you are supposed to adventure around, uh, seek, seek disparity, they say. Uh, seek despair, excuse me. Seek despair. And when you first hear this, uh, you know, you as the player character who just spent an hour and a half trying to kill the first boss because, you know, they gave you no instructions and it's a giant demon and you have like a broken straight sword trying to break out of prison and you just get shit on the whole time. When you first hear this, you go, oh, despair, like I've been experiencing this entire time. Uh, just sadness and agony. Okay. <laughs> and then you just walked out <laughs> into the world and get pegged by everything that looks at you the wrong way. And you're like, well, here I am in despair. <laughs> Why aren't I winning? <laughs> but I believe that that ah. is not the despair that they mean. They mean despairity. They mean seek seek those uh. those beings, those beings of light and dark. Find the Lord of oh. of light, of dark, of life, of death. You want that disparity so that you can reignite the fire and introduce that disparity back into the world. The power, the souls you've collected. In Dark Souls, gotcha. souls are everything. So it's very... Oh, okay. So I'm... A, okay. Wow. This is probably the best explanation of the lore <laughs> you've given to me so far, actually. I'm, now now it's opening up a whole bunch of things. I'm trying to crash course it. Okay. I, I think I'm understanding. Pretty much, yes. You are in a world as it should not be. And we learn in the sequel games there are, mm. there are cycles. There are eras of gray. You know, there's the unchanging gray era. There's the era of light and then the era of dark that is supposed to succeed it. The gods, however, do not like having their era ended and so wish to artificially extend their era of light, and in doing so have sort of fucked the world up in that it cannot properly transition to darkness, but they're clinging to a fleeting flame, and so the world ends up as it was before, uh, just in a state of stagnation. That's where you find yourself, with a bunch of beings gone insane because they're in a world that they weren't made for, and 
you mm. yourself uh, are just sort of meandering through as they are, killing everything because everything wants to kill you yeah. and seeking that disparity so that you, at the end of the game, can make a choice. Do you leave the world the way it is? Do you, do you kindle this flame with the power, with the souls you've collected? Let those souls flourish anew and extend the Age of Light? Or do you let it die and enter the Age of Darkness as the natural cycle progresses? Mm-hmm. But that's that's sort of the story behind it. Dark Souls, I would say the weakest well, part. <laughs> now that I, now I'm looking back at my playthrough, I, I should have extinguished the flame. That's what I should have done. You're a puppet of the gods, Isaac. I'm that disparity. I was. <laughs> I, I was letting it go because I knew there was other sequels to Dark Souls. I want to keep the cycle going. <laughs> From a story perspective. <laughs> but if I'm being true to myself, I want that disparity. Yes, you as a human, you want that darkness. You wanna you wanna succeed the gods. Yeah. That's what they don't want. That You're right. Their, their time oh is my over. god. Oh what my have I god. Done? So anyway, existential crisis aside, Dark Souls is a game about um, everything I spent the last ten minutes talking about. But uh, I would say the main plot is probably the weakest part of the game. Because that is that's it, really, is you're given this obscure cutscene, and all of this I just described is, is kind of learned from figuring it, it out. You get very cryptic dialogue from half insane people around the world because they're, you know, they're living the same shit show you are. There's, they're, every time yeah. they die, they come back a little crazier, having lost a part of themselves. It's them and item descriptions. can be. And so the main story is really just run around, kill bosses, seek power. And seek, you know, so you can rekindle this disparity, get this world out of this this rut that it's in. And that's that's really the whole gist of the main story. In the sequel games, the concepts are explored a little more. But the story that you get through cutscenes and dialogue is all very intentionally cryptic and um, very misleading in some ways. And, and uh, intentionally withholding of information in others. Because again, you are just a regular person. And Which is really great for us to know what the <laughs> hell is going on. I definitely need some vague dialogue. Oh yeah, not yeah. <laughs> I was so confused this whole time. I'm like, why am I? Do- why? Why is the character doing this? I don't understand. Why are they why. doing this? Why, why is, is this all happening? Skeleton man here. Yes, and that's yeah for a very long time. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't get this world at all. So wacky. And I think that's what makes Dark Souls one of the best storytelling games in video games is because it makes use yeah. of its medium. What we have, mm. you know, as we see the transition, especially to video, into video games as a, as a storytelling medium, it's not just, you know, ADHD-inducing action. It's not just, you know, input response anymore. <laughs> People are opening up to the idea that this is, you know, this is basically just a form of interactive storytelling as new games it get is. into that. It's very smart in that way. Yes. To be honest with you, I I think, sure, it's it's a great, very smart way to just let the player figure out the world that, you know, to kind of give clues, give facts, and you just have to kind of piece it all together. Mm-hmm. But in a way, though, it kind of disservices because I don't know if a lot of people would take the time because it is super vague. It or is, it's yeah. It's very... It's very confusing as hell. I don't think I would have ever understood it if I didn't have this lore master <laughs> with us today. It's it's certainly yeah. I think it's a little too obscure, and it's I think that obscure. might disservice a little bit and mm. turn people away from it. But again, if you have the time and you take the time to discover this world, it's very smartly done. It's very well done. But mm-hmm. 
That's just my opinion yeah, on it. It's but certainly I think it's just a little too wacky. <laughs> it is. It is quite wacky. I would say that yeah, it's not like a traditional story structure for sure. It's not you know rising action, mm-hmm. falling action, main character arcs, anything like that. And I think it is all in service of the immersive experience. In Dark Souls, you are barely mm-hmm. given a tutorial. It's basically like some notes on like scrawled on the floor of like what the buttons do <laughs> from other players too right yeah it doesn't like players submit yes that's that's part so you're of almost getting part of the multiplayer yeah, yeah. You're, you're getting uh advice from people who have been there before <laughs> and who knows they could also mislead you i've been yeah there's oh yeah plenty of misleading that's fun to do that you leave a a note on the floor for another person in another world to see and it'd be like oh secret chest yeah. down here and it's just a cliff that you die if you roll over yeah <laughs> I've done that plenty of times. I read that and I was like, like fake walls too. Yeah, I was like, nice, a secret. And then I just roll to my death or I like run into a room and get molested by skeletons <laughs> or something. <laughs> Part Shit. of the experience. Yeah. But yes, this obscure tele- storytelling, I'd say, is all in service of immersion. In Dark Souls, you're basically just told what the buttons do and then they're like, have fun. And the rest of it you get have through fun. reading the descriptions of items you pick up and in just the design as a whole. And throughout, there are three games in the Dark Souls trilogy. The first one is the most praised, and this is especially due to level design. You are ba- you have to walk everywhere for the first like two-thirds of this yeah. game. There is no fast traveling. There is no teleporting. There is no loading screens or yeah. anything. You walk everywhere through this hell world, and it is all so interconnected. Yep. You could go up and spend three hours walking around somewhere, take one elevator down, and then pop up in a new area, spend a whole bunch of time there, take one staircase up and you're right back at the starting area and it is also (laughs) (laughs) it is also seamlessly Uh, interconnected um with shortcuts and secret passageways and which man great great design on it i mean and that's just a perfect just for how the story is Mm -hmm. and and how how just very weird elevated uh just world that this is yeah again i love that set design i love that everything is bleeding into another Mm -hmm. It's just very discombobulated. It's very, yeah, again, it's like this like kaleidoscopic world of, it's really cool. Really spooky. Very spooky. And and that's the frustration, too. It's like, <laughs> you get lost. In order to get to an area, you, oh, man, I was like, I don't want to go through those enemies again, you know. Uh-huh. You know you have to travel through hell to get to your destination. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God, I don't want to walk through that. Blight Town, I had to bypass that. I I couldn't I couldn't go through the long route. I take that shortcut. I, I took the shortcut, and that's I have not been through the entirety of Blight Town yet. We'll we'll get <laughs> we'll go there now that you brought it up. Descent. We'll yeah. we'll take that. We'll take a field trip down there together. Don't you worry. <laughs> we'll do it. I think that's also the beauty of it yep. is that while you are forced to go through this world on foot, you are not forced down any one linear pathway. Once you get through the tutorial area, you have, let's see, one, two, three, four five i believe six different ways you can go the only general guiding hand that you have as to what is like you know the linear progression of the game is just like the difficulty of enemies that are there so if you want Mm -hmm. you can go through you know a little zombie town peasantville first and while it will be challenging it will be the easiest direction you could go you know some other way you could go into catacombs you could go into some flooded city you could go into some valley full of fucking dragons you could go into like some spooky swamp town if you want <laughs> once you get out of the tutorial you the player with no map and no idea what you're doing are just thrust into this world 
and your only choice is to just go get lost in it and find your way around. It forces you to walk around, but it gives you the choice. You go whatever direction you want. And since you spend so much time in these areas, you just kind of have to look around and take it in. And this is where Dark Souls' main point of storytelling comes in, and that's environmental storytelling. And we had discussed environmental storytelling a little bit in previous episodes, but I think it's the strongest feature of video games as like a storytelling medium, yeah. and it's something that only they can offer. Movies True, can right, do it yeah. a little bit, you know, background Easter eggs, hidden things. We've talked about it in No Country for Old Men, like, you know, what's not shown is just as important as what's shown. But at the end of the day, everything you see in a movie is is under the absolute control of the director. You are, you know, you're just fastened into a seat. You are at the mercy of the camera. You only see what the camera wants you to see. Yep. In a video game, you don't you are not beholden to those rules. You can go out and just no, do yeah. whatever you want. There's a main story, sure, but if you want to go somewhere else and look around there, you certainly can. And there is just as much story mm-hmm. to be had in those areas as there is on the main path. And I think that's why it's so weird and so vague, the main story, like you were talking about, where it's very disjointed and whatnot. Yeah. Because it's not, I don't think, in this game especially, it is intended to be experienced in a linear fashion. You're just supposed to go out and pick things up at your own pace uh, with however much amount of detail you want to get in there. Yeah. That's true. It's it's what you put into it. It's what you want, how much you want to commit. It's entirely what you make of it. it. Yeah. And and again, like even the ending too, just given the different options that you can with the ending, that's that's really cool too. There's so much freedom. Yes, this is entirely your experience. Game. Yeah. And that freedom is also what contributes to the difficulty. I was looking at a comparison <laughs> of... <laughs> of FromSoft games as opposed to other you don't say action RPG games like um the one it was compared to was God of War and I'll post that that Twitter thread on uh oh on the Facebook page this comes out it's a very deep analysis <laughs> but compared to something like uh mm-hmm. like 2018's God of War in 2018's God of War the game does a lot of legwork for you with the intention of making you the player playing as Kratos the God of War feel powerful if you take a swing and you know you're like three ish or more steps away from the enemy but it the game kind of knows that that's the enemy you want to hit you'll kind of lunge forward and hit that enemy anyway because that's just some peasant zombie Mm -hmm. and you're the god of war if you want to hit him you're gonna hit him (laughs) stuff like that yeah (laughs) if you are in the middle of an animation an attack animation a healing whatever in that game and you suddenly need to block. Yeah. When you press when you press block, that animation is canceled, and you go into the block one. This is to make it feel like yeah. you are more responsive and you have better reflexes. You're the god of war. That's supposed to be yeah. that way. It has to, right? It has to make up for uh, you know our our own like lack of <laughs> you know button yes. control. The and how the fast game, yeah, a game like God of War, where the intention is to make you feel powerful, will pick up your slack. Yeah. It will. Uh, you know, yeah, it's designed exactly. to, to you know, fill in those gaps in your performance. Yeah. Dark Which Souls. Is most games nowadays. Yeah, a lot of games do that. I think even that. like Batman, mm-hmm. very great example yeah, of that. Yeah, Batman or like... The, a lot of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of the new stuff right now. The Insomniac Spider-Man games where the, the focus is more on, you know, the main story and the characters and whatnot. Those, those they're, they yeah. bridge those gaps for you and it adds to the gameplay experience. If 
Yeah. And, and I mean, there's a whole surplus of quick time events now, and that's mm-hmm. it's doing what the player just couldn't normally do. Yeah. Um, but while making you feel like you're doing it and you're that character. But yeah. And there's <laughs> there's even something called no. um, button queuing <laughs> or like a control queue or something where if you press the button in the middle of one animation, it will sort of queue that command. I think the command queue is what it's called. Oh, It'll like queue it in there so that okay. if you're just sitting there mashing it, it will still at the game's pace perform those actions and make it seem more cohesive than what you're doing. Oh. <laughs> and, what you, and it just <laughs> makes it makes you feel more in control without you actually being in control. And that is to service yeah. that game and that story. If you were, you know, playing a Batman game yeah. and you're Batman, the biggest ass kicker in Gotham, and you just keep like whiffing yeah. your punches against some goons, and then you fuck up your dodges, and then now they're punching you, and it's just, it, you know it just wouldn't feel like a Batman game. In Dark Souls, the intention right. is the exact opposite. This game, I think, the challenge <laughs> comes from it giving players uh, more control than they're used to. If you, I'm having PTSD right now. <laughs> if you are a half inch too far away from an enemy when you swing your sword. You're going to miss that enemy, and your ass is going to be open for a counterattack. And you can't animation cancel, really, in the middle of an attack. If you're in the middle of swinging your fat nope. your fat warhammer, and you're missing it, <laughs> oh you know you're going to whiff this attack, and you see that skeleton winding up to hit your ass back, and you're just sitting there pressing the dodge button. You're like, no, God, please, fuck, get me out of here. <laughs> you're not going to roll away. You are committed to that action. That is, you know, that's it. The player is more in control than they think they are, and that is with the intention (laughs) of making them feel less in control. So it makes it, it it just gives it more of a a learning curve. It makes it harder to start. Punishing, (laughs) but it's you know it allows for a higher level of mastery, and that punishing is just (laughs) basically just making you live with your own decisions. (laughs) You know, it doesn't fill in those gaps for you. It doesn't hold your hand. Doesn't give you tips and dialogue and and you know. Uh, last life there is no such thing as quick time events in dark souls fuck there no is, there's none of kitty shit no goo goo gaga baby ass quick time events no <laughs> pussy ass difficulty <laughs> setting nah. none of that shit this is the world if you want to get through it you need to learn it and master it and that i think right. in lies the other beauty of it is this is entirely you this is full immersion you have a no map. If you yeah. want to learn where you're going, you have to just walk around and memorize it. If you want to <laughs> get good at killing enemies, then you just fucking get good. Do it. Yeah. And that, you know, it adds. Uh, you know, and I actually got good in a different way. Uh, luckily, Jedi Fallen Order came out also, <laughs> you know, what, in 2019. Yeah, it was 2019. So I think that was a nice prep for. Yes. Going into Dark Souls 1 because, yeah, again, it went back to the more of the Dark Souls mechanics. Yeah. I fall in order. Very similar gameplay. And that, that really helped me a lot. So that that was very nice. <laughs> going back into Dark Souls 1, I was like, all right, fighting just feels so much better. But still, yeah, it's still very, it makes you, it makes you fully commit to what, what your actions are. Mm-hmm. Makes you think ahead. And that's the unfortunate part about this game <laughs> is like, sure, it will reward you. But it's very minimal rewards. <laughs> it's more punishing than anything. Like, sure, it gives you fast travel about two thirds in the in the game. Yeah. Uh, between bonfires, you'll get certain equipment. It'll reward you, but it's very few and too far in between. I don't know. It's just yeah, again, yeah. Very punishing. As for very painful. Yeah, like experience, story based yeah. rewards, 
those are far and few in between. I think the majority of the war yeah. rewarding experience as a what was it um, back when Battlefront Two came out and there was all the controversy because you needed to play the game like forty hours or spend like twenty bucks just to get Darth Vader. President of EA is like, oh, we yeah. wanted to give players a sense of, of pride and accomplishment. <laughs> that was the big meme of the time. <laughs> I would say, <laughs> yep. That was also the goal with Dark Souls: is pride and accomplishment. Because with this yeah. system that they have here where everything you do, good or bad, is your fault. It is all on you. The game helps you with nothing. You are, it, it is expected of you that you just get good mm-hmm. and do everything. That's, that's the feeling of pride that you get. Even if you're not too good at killing enemies, if you're able to sort of bumble your way through an area and at least you know learn the map layout enough that, oh, hey, I know that this is a shortcut to the starter area. That's that's a sense of accomplishment right there because you may not have gotten better is, at the yeah. combat, but you have learned some of the map. You've learned how to move around more efficiently. Yeah. Another sense of accomplishment yeah. would be another reward. Yeah, just getting reward. better items. You don't really get good items from just going through the game. Things aren't automatically upgraded for you. You don't just find power ups except for in like two spots. You gotta find a blacksmith and you got to find a weapon you like and you got to find the things that are needed to upgrade that weapon and you got to figure out how that complicated yeah, you ass find the system works yeah. you have to uh, scavenge a you got to scavenge yeah. around and so once you do once you do find everything and then you get a few upgrades in there and then you walk out and you're now you're kicking ass cuz you have a nicer sword that's a feeling of a you know you've earned everything because everything those, you do those y hander y hander the chad been hander my <laughs> accomplishment so much upgrades on that my titanite shards all went into that oh yeah baby and goddamn now going through you know the new game plus it's it feels so great <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so stuff like that and and you know eventually when you do get good not you start out very slow you learn how to dodge. You learn what the spacing of your favorite weapons is. You learn how the enemies move and how they respond to you, the various approaches to defeating them. Every time that happens, every time you it gets easier to kill an enemy or you finally beat a boss, it's all very earned because it's all something you know that you have to do on your own. You are all on your own. There is multiplayer. You can't summon people in that game. It makes mm-hmm. the game a lot easier. But that is intentionally confusing as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, because it's the certain areas. It's not very... Um, it's not very clear on what areas are hot spots or mm-hmm. where you can summon people you kind of just have to see where the summon signs are and that's you know that's usually where you're able to summon people yep. and stuff but yeah <laughs> it's again everything's vague everything and also yeah what i've noticed too is a lot of the weapons and everything are very big oh yeah it gives a sense that this world is bigger than you. It is not made for you, yeah. And it's just more of a threat, and it is not made <laughs> for you. Yeah, it's more, you know, and it, yeah, you're carrying around this giant-ass sword, this Y-hander, <laughs> and it's like over-lopped over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, that's, you know, it's and, and you just feel small. All these enemies are bigger than you. Yeah, you have and to. It's just, it's a very small feeling, something you have to, to overcome. strive for. You have yeah. to get to that peak. You have to rise above the gods. Rise you know? above the gods, yes. These are and it's 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 difficult. It's it's very it's and it's a very scary feeling. It's a very <laughs> overwhelming feeling. You are a small person in this large, vast hellscape. Yes, <laughs> it's great aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And these are these are like you know heroes storytelling. I don't know about storytelling, but uh, character progression. You know, gospel preached by the maker of D and D himself, Gary Gygax. He says that you could be whatever you want to be. 
so long as you start out weak. That's that's that was the point of the whole thing of these like long term, big adventure immersive games that you start out weak and you become slowly become very very strong, and so you start out you're basically uh. just like some naked fucking zombie with a broken sword trying to run through the world. <laughs> By the end of the game, you could be a whole number of things. You could be some wizard shooting out crazy ass spells. You could be some person mm-hmm. with a sword three times your size flinging enemies across the battlefield. You could be shooting fireballs. You could be praying to Jesus and calling down lightning on your enemies. Just a whole <laughs> litany of wild things. The personalization is just endless, what the possibilities are. But no matter what it is, you start out pretty shitty at it. <laughs> and then you slowly become good. and Slowly ascend. Yeah, that, that in, in that regard, the gameplay is flawless. In my mind, it puts it all on you. It even, it really is. even with the story, because you know that story's yeah. not given to you. It's just like some weird ass cutscenes that make no sense. But the real right. story is so sort of in the world around you. There are it is so rich with detail, and everything is so intentionally crafted, both mechanically and you know aesthetically, like visually. Uh, that you know, in your when you're in this brutal world that you're forced to walk and be lost in. Once you like stop and look around, not only is it gorgeous, especially for 2012, oh, it yeah. is all great, great scenery. Yeah. All intentional. And knowing that it's intentional makes you look a little closer and you want to connect the dots. And that I would say is the strongest the strongest element of environmental storytelling. That kind of storytelling yeah, I agree. that only a video game can offer. Yeah. Agreed. At your pace. That's where the, mm-hmm. the sweet, sweet lore is. But that's that's me, you know, yes. jerking off the story <laughs> and the gameplay. <laughs> is uh, <laughs> I think you are the most committed to the lore. To that out sweet, of sweet lore. There, it's just so probably anyone who's even listening indoor. Oh, it's just <laughs> this is your area. So rich with it. It's just <laughs> I don't know. It's just not something I've ever experienced in any kind of medium before. You know, in any of the other games you've played. Like, what kind of shit yeah. were we playing in 2012 when this came out? Like a Minecraft, oh, fucking, probably like yeah, the new Halo. We're playing Halo, know, but, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> and you know that's all. It has a story mode, and it has oh yeah, like the James Bond games. The J- <laughs> yeah, we we're playing like the <laughs> the Golden Eye remaster for the Wii. <laughs> yeah, Golden. Yeah, for the <laughs> we play a shooter on the Wii. What a terrible experience. <laughs> we just yeah. had to plug GameCube really controllers was. into it. <laughs> oh, it was great. Humongous memes. But yeah, and all those games, they still told stories like it was a movie and then there was the game on the side. There was a story mode and then there was a multiplayer mode. And in Dark Souls, those two are one and the same. The multiplayer in this game is not only explained in canon, in the lore, uh, you know, the concept of time is also one that applies uh, yes. to the flame very fascinating being present. You know, this uh, this world before fire was a lifeless, timeless land. And so as the fire fades, time starts to get a little weird. And so in the lore, the other players you encounter and can um, summon into your world, both as friendly people to help you kill bosses or as invaders who want to kill you, are described as just sort of people out of time, people from other time, you know, different points in time. Uh, So, yeah, it's all one in the same. And multiplayer is not like you open up the Xbox tab, you hit invite on your friends. No, no, no. (laughs) Multiplayer is an intentional pain in the fucking ass because it wasn't really made to be played with friends. It wasn't like a drop in, drop out co-op type thing. It's like whoever is available (laughs) to help you is the one who, you know, they're they're who's there. It's like 
it's a part of the artistic experience is the multiplayer, even just the concept, just the mechanics behind it are all described. Oh my God, I'm really going to have to call my doctor after this one. Jesus. I'm going to start having heart issues to keep this up. It's all, it's all seamlessly integrated. <laughs> and wow. that is not without faults. Dark Souls 1, especially if you want to play with your friends, the multiplayer fucking blows. <laughs> it's very yeah, experimental. It's, good. it's I love I the thought, idea. I thought it was, it's the biggest pain in the ass. Love, love, love the idea. But in order to play with your friends, you need to get an item that you get after like the second-ish boss if you go, you know, the linear mm. way. If you don't, yeah, good fucking luck. So you need to get an item. <laughs> good, good luck. And you both need to be in the same spot in your respective games that multiplayer summoning is allowed. You need to use this item to put your name on the floor. The other person must then be in a certain state of not a zombie, which means they need to get an item, use it at the bonfire, <laughs> and not die between the bonfire and this specific point where you have agreed to meet upon. And then you gotta wait for like <sighs> 10 minutes for your name to appear in their world. It'll just like show up on the floor. Uh, and then they touch it. I had so many issues with this. And then you come into their world. And everything you do in their world won't affect your world. So if you kill the boss in their world, you still got to kill it in yours. But it's all, yes, it is a pain. Demon Souls, I should say, is the one that came out before this. Demon Souls, Dark Souls took a lot of inspiration from sort of the spiritual successor too. Uh, it had a similar-ish summoning system. Um, and Dark Souls just kind of did the same thing. The difference between Demon Souls and Dark Souls is that Dark Souls is like a cult classic. People... I don't know who, but, you know, some people are thoroughly obsessed with this game. Some fucking weirdos <laughs> on the internet. Thoroughly obsessed. That weird. That same kind of podcast. cult following isn't present in a lot of in Demon Souls as opposed to Dark Souls. Um, so in Dark Souls 2 and 3, the sequels to this game, they made some improvements to those multiplayer aspects so that you can, um, it cannot suck to play with your friends. <laughs> yeah. I would say that's. But honestly, yeah. I, it, it definitely is intentional. Because it wants you to do your own journey, your own mm -hmm. your own way about this world. You know, it's it's already so punishing and, <laughs> and just ruthless that what why not make the multiplayer just as why not janky? And <laughs> <laughs> at this point, sure, let's let's make the multiplayer really sucky and doesn't work half the time. Actually, most of the time doesn't work <laughs> anymore. Actually, why not? Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but I. Very experimental. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I, I I do love that concept where these disembodied spirits, I guess they're called spirits or fan, right? yeah, phantoms. Yeah, phantoms. Or spirits. Mm -hmm. Phantoms. So it's cool. Cool concept to explore. They're not spiritual beings per se. They're just displaced time people, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That concept. But yeah. Yeah. Dark Souls takes everything that other games have tried and like you know, to do in a video game exclusive setting for, you know, mechanics and storytelling. And it just pushes it to the extreme. If you guys have played a game like uh, like a Skyrim, you know, any open world game, really, you can do the main story. But you can also, as we said, choose to divert, do your own things and learn more about the world and the people in it around. Bethesda games are especially good at this. You could do the main quest or you could go just, you know, talk to random NPCs and learn things and do their stories and, and see what's what. And you'll also, you know, from that perspective, get a pretty good idea of what the world is. 
Uh, Dark Souls just mm-hmm. takes us to the super extreme. There's barely any NPCs to talk to, so you're not going to get talked at about the world. <laughs> you got to go figure it out for yourself. You got to go analyze some random fucking statue for like 20 minutes and not know what it is. And then you're going to see it three areas later and be like, oh my God, that statue from before is a temple to this god. <laughs> and all the items that I found in that area that described what this god is like will provide me with with hints and keys to defeating said uh-huh. who is probably the final boss of this area here and so and so and so yeah. the story is completely at your own pace it's cool and yeah i think knight solar he's got the most interesting theories which is oh yeah pretty, pretty cool i like his theories a lot <laughs> knight solar and that's not to say that the characters i'd say dark souls one probably has the most memorable characters the the few yeah. and they know that the characters in the game are few and far between so i would say fromsoft goes out of their way to make them make them quite memorable the most standout one is knight solaire he is one of the coolest dudes in lordran he's the guy who gives you the multiplayer summoning item he as a npc drops his sign all over the place you talk to him in person and you can also summon him to help you with various boss fights and he's just he's just a chill dude. Everyone he's like sort of the poster child of the game series. <laughs> he is the chosen he's one. He's the chosen one. And and yeah, and so all those NPCs have each one has like a fucking cult of their own within the community. <laughs> I have <laughs> Isaac had gotten me a Solar Canvas poster for Christmas. I recently got it framed. I did hang it up. Yeah. Looks great. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a homie. Uh, I thought it was a perfect, yeah, just staring off in the sunset, doing his pose. I thought it was perfect. And a whole litany of other people, each with their own journeys, each with their own goals, each, uh, you know, going hollow at different paces. And you kind of see... Yeah, you find who they are, and then you also understand their pain, too. Yeah, each character is sort of like a reflection of what you could be within the game. You know, you meet the friendly Knight Solaire. Mm-hmm. He likes to be summoned into other places to help people. You're like, oh, that could be you. And he gives you the means to do it yourself. If you want to be like Solaire, you can, you know, go help other people in their world. And uh, you could join his Covenant. Yeah. The game has uh, things called Covenants. They're kind of like clubs. They give you, um, mm-hmm. you know, for doing things that they want you to do, you are awarded uh, like tokens of that. And you get enough of those, you get special rewards and you feel like you're a part of something within that world so you know you could join solaire you could go help people kill bosses and get sunlight medals and then you could get like uh things based off solaire's religion you know miracles and fun weapons and the like you could also meet some spooky weird penis head having snake ass person who is like hey go into <laughs> other people's worlds and kill them and bring me back the things you get that always brings me out of the game just a little bit just that design the snakes <laughs> they have noses yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> Oh yeah, the creature design is I don't know it, very weird. Yeah, the creature does. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> and that applies to you know those things. That the variety of enemies in this game is so bonkers. You could be you know fighting skeletons <laughs> in one area, and then you go down a little lower, and now you're fighting demons and shit. And then you go into some other area, and you're fighting like some bush anthropomorphic bushes and all of a sudden you're fighting like mushroom people and then there's like <laughs> crystal golems and then you turn a corner and there's like this gigantic hydra that just eats you you never know what you're gonna find yeah and this is especially prevalent uh, yeah. in the bosses i think that's what makes the bosses so memorable is they all have very very unique designs and so bosses are my favorite part also i mean they're it's, again the worst but best part <laughs> <laughs> yes bosses are the greatest combat challenges offered within the souls games um 
Again, FromSoft takes a lot of inspiration from classic games. So if you want to move past an area, you got to kill the boss that's at the end. And <laughs> each one is very unique, I'd say, especially in Dark Souls 1. Dark Souls 2 suffers a little bit. They just have like a lot of like humanoid knight-esque bosses. But Dark Souls 1, there's a variety yeah. of wacky creatures and whatnot. Yeah, it's so cool. That's that's my favorite is just the, the monsters. It's like the big the big monsters you got to fight. Yes, that's, and they're all hidden behind. Know, I think that's what really draws me to Pacific Rim <laughs> and, and those. Yeah. You know, like I, I love that, you know, terrifying, mm-hmm. big, you know, threatening things. It's kind of cool. Yeah, they're all big and threatening. And love their designs. And you know that when you walk into a boss room, it's going to be some spooky Goliath waiting for you. Uh, but you don't know what it is until you walk in there. They are all behind walls of fog yeah. obscuring. And that's when, like, this fear of the unknown comes in. You're like, God, when I pass yeah. through this, what's going to be waiting for me on the other side? Is it just more yeah. of the area? What's the timing? Mm-hmm. What are they? What am I going to have to roll? You yeah. Know, how, how am I going to time the rolls? Do... You know, you just never know what. And that's the thing. There's so much diversity, even in the first game, I've noticed. I mean, it's a little formulaic on what the bosses can do to you, mm-hmm. but sometimes they'll pull something completely out of left pull field. Pull sneaky on you. And you're like, oh, shoot, I didn't account for that. You know, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're... <laughs> and the other Souls game, they do it a lot. They do. I think they improve upon it. Yeah, just the... You that, know. That, that idea of... Uh, obscu- uh, yeah, they obscure uh, the intentions of the boss. The, des- the designs really of it all, or... yeah predict Mixed up as timing. well as you can in, in the first game but even in the first game it it can be kind of tough to mm-hmm. time it and understand what what all they can do it's, <laughs> it's pretty spooky pretty spooky scary. yes so bosses big staple of it uh dark souls one i think out of yeah. all of the trilogy has the best level design um it's all so interconnected you just never know what's your favorite boss my favorite boss Definitely Manus. He's in the DLC. It came out, I think, two months after the game mm. did. Um, it's a whole DLC. Uh, Dark Souls 1 only had one DLC. Uh, it was very, very refined. Very good. Had the hardest bosses in it and also the best ones. Uh, but yeah, I would probably yeah. say Manus. I, I, I'm actually surprised I was able to beat the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the bosses. I think I've been through all, all the bosses. bosses. I'm very, all by yourself. very astounded I was able to actually do so it. So proud. But. Again, with the commitment, the commitment, the dedication to doing yep. it over and over again, you finally, it finally clicks and you're like, oh, yes, ah. uh, it's a great feeling. And then the, the pride comes in. It's awesome. <laughs> pride at a cop. Great feeling. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah. But Manus, oh man, that was a, that was a <laughs> tough one. I, I don't think as tough as the dragon in the DLC. The dragon fucked me up and I loved it. That's probably one of the worst bosses to to date. I think that's probably the worst one's ever been through. But yeah, I probably had the hardest of all the yeah. games of all the games I've ever played in my life. <laughs> that fucking dragon, that man! Fucking dragon! Oh yeah, I tried to beat it at level one. That that took a that took a good many tries. <laughs> God. With my little club, yeah. trying to bludgeon it. I can barely see how much health goes away. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh God. Yeah, overall, I'd say that Dark Souls yeah. is a masterpiece in gaming. Ten out of ten for me. I just everything oh. from the design to the story. It's a storytelling experience. I think only available in video gaming, and one that you can only get in a game like this. Does it better than anyone else I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. I... Just total immersion. Arcade uh, mindset that it has too really helps. Yeah, it's like a again with sort of a uh, the difficulty and and the journey you have to take. Mm-hmm. It'll test you. It'll <laughs> it'll fuck you up, and that's why I love it. Yep. 
It yeah. is yeah, <laughs> just an immersive experience. Maybe the most satisfying feeling in that game is after the, the duo boss fights. Ah, the notorious Ornstein and Smo. Yeah. These are the bosses right before you get the just ability to opening teleport. opening the door to, to Guinevere. <laughs> that is the most rewarding thing ever. Yep. This is and just being able to defeat <laughs> what like a double boss. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, it's probably was, regarded uh, as one of, if not the hardest bosses boss boss fight in the base game, Ornstein and Smo. They rest at, you know, the palace of yes. the gods. This is right before you get the ability to teleport. You have to beat them to do it. And after this grueling boss fight in which you have to fight two bosses at once, and when you kill one, the other one gets roided up, uh, you know. Yeah, a great, great soundtrack, too. Beautiful. I mean, with with Ornstein Smell, that's like one of my favorite tracks. Yeah. Oh, they got the soundtrack in this game, too. Such a great boss fight. It's hella good. The soundtrack. I think in the whole trilogy, the soundtrack's really great. I recently played the Demon's Souls remake, the PS5 one. Uh, I had never played the original Demon's Souls, but after playing the remake, I'd probably say that's my favorite soundtrack out of the three. But Dark Souls 1 is a very close second. Yeah. Uh, I'd say that even either, there's a couple songs I I really like. To oh yeah, Dark Souls two as well. I'm gonna walk down the uh, aisle. Yeah, but the, the but the Dark Souls one that's like oh, that's probably my favorite. <laughs> I just I reminisce like when I'm yeah I I, I play Ornstein and Smell every once in a while. <laughs> just getting that mood. Getting the mood. Uh, I have so many D and D ideas. Just like a final boss oh. fights. Just with that music. Did you just say use it to get in the mood? I thought I was the only one. It's great. Or are you talking about in the mood of... Uh, no, you know what? Never mind. Uh, anyway, Dark Souls. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would love to. I, I've never DM'd, but I'd definitely go oh, right to the Oh, you, you, you were talking about Dungeons & Dragons mood music. Okay. Never mind. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Dark Souls. Great game. <laughs> Masterpiece. <clears throat> it's fantastic. Yes. Uh, and, and again, I think my love-hate relationship, I think that was the goal of this Indeed. game. It wanted me to find disparity. Seek despair. In this game. You wanted to, to, to both simultaneously love it and hate it. You do. So I think it, uh, it exceeded. It is a brutal mistress. That, yes. Cruel, <laughs> fickle one. So it, it just, it really is an all-encompassing disparity uh, experience. Mm-hmm. Indeed, yes. If anyone here wow. has not played Dark Souls yet, get it, play it, suffer, and, and strife, and over-endure, yeah. overcome. It's a it game, is a like, if you sexual experience. A gamer, this is definitely something you want to have under your belt. A gamer or a masochist, either or. And to go through and a masochist, either or. Yes, this is an experience it'll, it'll unlike that. any other, and I think really emulates just sort of the yeah. the capabilities of, of scheming as a medium for everything, for gameplay, storytelling, just all of it, just perfect, flawless. It is a game I will I will play uh, again, I might play it many, uh, many more times after this. I, I, I'm not sure about the sequels. I, I think, I think those are kind of a one and done thing for me. The sequels are fun, but Dark Souls One, it's something special. It about is that game something that special. I, I want to visit again. <laughs> yes, the sequels, sure. I'd say, have more multiplayer potential, especially since they murdered the servers on Dark Souls One uh, uh, in favor of the shitty remaster. Oh, yeah. uh, but Dark Souls One will always have a special place in my heart, and I will return to it many times. And for any number of masochistic attempts that I make, I did one where I only I'll only level up like a certain stat. <laughs> I did the one where I didn't level up anything. I was level one the whole game. 
I just God. hate myself and love this I game. How you do it? Just pure despair. <laughs> I seek seek despair, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> seek despair. Seek despair. Seek despair. And also seek our social media. Link in the description. <laughs> Thanks for yes, tuning in. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep going hollow with our podcast. Yes. Keep listening. Go hollow with us. All right. Okay. <laughs> Till next time. Praise the sun. Goodbye. Howdy, y'all. This is Terran, a.k.a. The Bad. Thank you for tuning in to our new program. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't get dysentery. Now, everybody pretend that I rode off into the sunset. Bye now.